Good morning. Happy 4th of July. Today is the day that we celebrate our country's birth and the freedom that we have in this country. I, I have to tell you, I'm proud to live in America. I'm not always proud of some of the history, but I am proud to live in America. I believe that God gave us grace to be here. Uh, we live in an amazing country. And I pray that, uh, that our country would be blessed, that we would learn and grow. There's been a lot of tension. There's been a lot of things over the last few years that have been really difficult that we've had to wrestle with. Yeah, not our, our past isn't always perfect. And the leaders of our country have made some mistakes. But we are praying today that our country would be blessed. We celebrate our freedom. I even wore my freedom shirt today. Underneath this, we've been talking about grace and freedom. As proud as I am of our country, proud as I am of being an American citizen, the freedom that I'm most proud of is the freedom that we have in Christ. That's what we've been talking about. That's what Paul talked about to the church in Galatia. As we've been studying Galatians and talking about the freedom that we have in Him, that we're no longer bound by chains to sin or our sinful nature, but we've been set free. And we're wrapping up this series um, that we've called Grace and Freedom. And today I, I entitled the message Blinders. And you're going to see why in just a few minutes, or I hope that it'll make sense to you in just a few minutes. But I, I want to celebrate the fact that I am free of guilt. I'm free of shame because of what Jesus has done for me. I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 4, or chapter 6, verse 4, sorry. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. We're going to look through verses 4 through 10 today. Paul is continuing to talk to the Galatians on a more personal level. Remember, he planted this church, he, or these churches. He founded these churches in Galatia. It's to the entire region. They were Greek believers. They were not Jews, but Gentiles. And he had spent the first or the majority of this book talking about how Jewish believers... We're trying to put the Gentile believers back under the law, back into the chains of the law, which Jesus broke free from us, gave us the freedom from the law, freedom from sin. And Paul was refuting those things, but he also took a few minutes to do a little bit of housekeeping. We talked a little bit last week about that. And we're going to talk a little bit more this week and continue that conversation. So let's look at Galatians Chapter 6, verse 4 says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And just at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Paul's getting personal. He's continuing to be personal. Remember, we've talked about last week, you know, the battle between our sinful nature and, and what happens if we follow our sinful nature and, and living by the Spirit. 
So we're going to kind of continue that conversation, but he goes in and talks about how what we focus on. You know, in the church, sometimes we we get our focus off track, and that's why I talked about or why my first point today is we must put blinders on. We must put blinders on. That's going to be our first point. And what do I mean by that? Do I want us to be blind to what's going on around us? I'm not talking about putting our head in the sand like an ostrich and totally forgetting what's going on around us. But I'm talking about blinders. And blinders, hopefully we can pull up a picture for you in, in, uh, of a horse blinder on the screen. But the blinders, if you notice, they shield the eyes for the horse so they can't see to the right and left. They can only see what's straight ahead. That keeps the horse from getting spooked and distracted by things that might be happening beside it. And when you have horses and teams, they don't get distracted by the other horses. They don't get distracted by things that might be going by on the sidelines. They just keep their focus forward. You know, when you have a giant animal like that and it gets, it gets spooked, man, it can, it can be dangerous. I remember I was about 12 years old. We went horseback riding in one of those farms that you can go ride horses. They've been ro rode so much that they don't even feel the bit in their mouth anymore. They just kind of follow everybody else. It's on that horse. Well, somebody in our, our party, not one, not personal friend of mine, but somebody else that was in the group, it was a group ride, their horse lost its footing and fell over. And then the rider fell off and the, ho the horse took off running. Well, you know what my horse did? It took off running with it. And no matter how hard I pulled on the reins, I'm not an accomplished rider. And my friend's horse went as well. That thing just took off and ran and it was running back to the stable. That was one of the scariest experiences, but it got spooked. Now it ended well, but it got spooked and it took off running. See, sometimes we can get our focus and, our dis and get distracted by the things that are around us. We got to keep blinders on, keep our focus forward to where we're trying to go. We don't need to get distracted by other people's work. We don't need to get distracted by what other people are doing. And this is a common problem even among pastors. We see other churches and we see what they're doing and we're like, well, what am I missing? Why are they growing and we're not? Why is this happening and we're not? We can get in this comparison game and all that does is get us frustrated because we are measuring ourselves to what somebody else is doing and not on what God has called us to do. Just like we have multiple churches, just like there's multiple people, all of us are called to different things. And our job is to keep our focus on Him and to continue to do what God's called us to do. I want you to look at verses 4 and 5 again. It says, pay careful attention to your own work. Then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own work. Now, that doesn't mean we can be lazy and just say, well, I'm just doing my thing and, and not work hard at it. We have to work hard at it. Actually, if you go down a little bit towards the end of this thing, it says when we work hard at it, at the right time, we will each reap our own blessings. We don't want the blessing of somebody else. What another church is doing, what somebody else is doing in ministry, what somebody else is doing in their job, that's the blessing that they've received for the hard work that they've put in. Our job is to stay focused on what God's put before us and work hard at it and allow Him to bless us at the right time. And out of that, notice that 
We will have the satisfaction of a job well done. I believe that's where we find our joy. When we're working at the right things for God and not comparing ourselves to other people. I can always look around and I'm going to tell you I'm just as bad as anyone else. I can be frustrated because things aren't going the way I think they should be and I see other people prospering. And I'm like, man, God, why? Why am I not prospering that way? Why am I not growing that way? And that, that comparison comes out of our pride. It, it, it grows bitterness. It, it grows restlessness in us. And anger and resentment. And then we start to focus on the wrong things and we get off track. This is a trap that the enemy has used for a long time. He's, he's used this to keep us from being effective for what God's trying to do. He can keep us distracted. He can keep us from doing those things that, that God's specifically given us. You know, I believe that God has called each one of us to a certain place and a certain task. Not that, we, that if we don't do exactly one thing that we're missing what God has for us. What I mean by that is God's called each of us to be disciple makers. We've talked about that since the beginning of the year. He's called each of us to be discipling other people, to leading other people, and to use our talents and gifts to glorify Him and to provide for our families. We've got to focus on those things, not on what other people are doing, not on what's going on around us, but focus on what's ahead of us. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as a reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Now, Paul's passage in Galatians is about ministry, really. It's about what we do for God. This is about life in general. In everything that you do, your job, you're working for God. You're working for Jesus at your job, in your homes, whatever you put your hand to, do it as if you're working for Jesus himself, because you are. We are all His children. We are all ministers under Him. We're all leading others towards Him. We're working hard. We're representing Jesus. And we need to represent Him well. It breaks my heart when I go places and they say, yeah, the Christians that we have working for us are some of the laziest people I know. That breaks my heart. Because we should be some of the hardest working people. We should be some of the most focused people because we're not doing it just to earn a paycheck, although that's part of it. We're to care for our families. We're not doing it just for recognition or accomplishment, but we're doing it because we love and serve God and He's called us to be the best and to work the hardest at whatever we do. And people that get this right, God blesses them in it. They get joy in their work. They may not be the top of their companies. They may not be wherever. And sometimes God does bless that way. But they have joy and contentment wherever they're at. See, we, when the enemy gets us distracted, and that's why these blinders are so important, when we start looking around, and we start getting discontent with what we have because we want what others have. We see what others are, are doing. And we think that should be ours. And we get 
jealousy and, and, and resentment, but those of us that put our focus right on Jesus and what we're doing for Him and are living to satisfy Him and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, that's where we have that joy and that peace. Because it doesn't matter what other people, we can celebrate what happens with others. I love it. What I, again, I've mentioned this before, I like extreme sports, I love racing and those kind of things and and there are there are a lot of sports and a lot of athletes that I've got to see that will lose a race and they'll be disappointed but yet when they see their competitor do something amazing they'll come up and cheer them on and say well done because they're okay with where they're at they're frustrated that they didn't perform to that highest level or to the place that they wanted to but they can have joy for somebody else. They can have joy and celebrate what somebody else has done because they're okay with where they're at. See, that's what I want to be. I may not always be the best. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the best pastor. You guys know that. I'm not the best preacher. You guys know that. But I can be content and have joy in what I do because I do it because this is what God has put in me to do. I do it for Him. And I do it for you. And that brings me joy. I don't have to be the best at it. Now I work hard at it. I study. I try to get better. This isn't about being complacent. It's about being content. There's a difference. Complacency. Complacency leads to death because we never move. We don't ever move forward. We're just kind of become lukewarm. But contentment says, you know what, I'm okay with who I am in Jesus. I don't have to be anyone else. I'm exactly who I need to be. And I'm going to work as hard as I can for God. And I'm going to try to do everything in my power to honor Him in everything that I do. And that only comes through living with the Spirit in us. That only comes through allowing the Spirit to grow in us. But we have to put blinders on. We have to, to not get focused on what other people are doing. That's where as a pastor, I can't focus on what other churches are doing as if I should be doing what they're doing. What I try to do is I try to show other pastors and other churches how they can get involved in the community and work together, how they can take and meet needs in the community and work with each other so that we can reach this community together. There's a difference. I don't need to be a High Point Church. I don't need to be a Townview Baptist Church. I don't need to be a North Star Church. We need to be Kennesaw Family Life Church and do what God's called us to do, which includes our Forever Fed Pantries, which includes serving at events, proud of those that served yesterday in the Salute to America event. What an opportunity. So this isn't about being somebody else or somebody else's blessing. This is about being where we are, keeping our focus on Jesus. So that's why we put blinders on so that Jesus is all that we can see and His calling is all that we need to do. Paul ties this together by, he, by reminding us that we reap what we sow or we harvest what we plant. And this is, leads to point number two, which I call live to, live to please the Spirit. 
And you're going to see how this ties together. Paul's using this common farming reference. You know, in that, in that day and age, most people would have been a farmer on some level. Now, there are tradesmen and, and people that worked with wood and metal and fished. But most of them, because they're smaller societies, understood farming. They understood the principle of reaping and sowing. So let's look at verses 10, 7 through 10 again. It says, Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest, will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. And just the right, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. When we get our focus on what others are doing, or in how we don't measure up, we're sowing doubt and discontentment in our lives, and that's what we're going to reap. See, when we get our focus off Jesus and off of what He's called us to do, that's when we sow those seeds and that sinful nature grows in us. And a lot of things come out of that. One, we might get angry or speak poorly about other ministries or what other people are doing. That's when we start to put people down. That's when we start to criticize and critique. That's when we get angry and, and we, we just get grouchy. And then there's some of us that take it to an extreme. Well, if I'm not going to measure up like that anyway, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to go do what I want to do because obviously God doesn't love me. Obviously, He doesn't care because He's blessing them and He's not blessing me. See how that discontent, that frustration works in when we take our eyes off Jesus and we focus on what other people are doing. And so we're sowing those seeds of doubt. We're sowing those seeds of discontentment and anger in our lives. And that's what we, it, it leads to a harvest of death and decay. But when we fill ourselves with the Spirit, when we allow that fruit of the Spirit to grow in us, that's when we'll reap the blessing. At just the right time, we're going to reap that blessing. See, this applies to our lives, not only in ministry, but in just our everyday lives. And a story came to mind, one that, that we heard, and, and I, re I realized that, that Paul is not speaking directly to what we're talking about today, but there are parallels that match. So don't go, Pastor Larry, you're pulling things out of context. No, I, I think there's parallels here. And you can think I'm pulling it out of context, that's fine. But I want you to look at Matthew 14, 24 through 31. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Jesus had told the disciples to get in a boat and go to the other side. He was staying back to pray. And he had sent them across the lake. And around about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them. Remember, there's this big storm, lots of waves. The disciples are getting upset. Um, they're struggling. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. 
Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? So you could criticize Peter and say, well, you know what? He should have never sank. He should have just kept his faith and walked. But we would have done the same thing, most of us. See, I I like to to praise Peter a little bit because he got out of the boat. A lot of us won't even get out of the boat. We just sit there and shake in our boots. But when Jesus said, come, Peter got out of the boat and he walked. Fita had blinders on. If he would have just kept his focus on Jesus, he would have walked all the way to Jesus. But instead, he got distracted by all the waves and the wind. He got scared and he began to sink. Do you see the parallel? Do you see how that works? When we get our focus off of Jesus, when we don't allow the Spirit to fill our lives and we get distracted by everything that's around us, it keeps us from being all that God wants us to be. It keeps us from growing in our relationship with God. It sows discontent. It sows just that fear in our lives, and that's what we harvest. But when we keep our lives full of the Spirit, when we keep our focus on Jesus, then He grows in us that fruit of the Spirit, that joy, that peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, and self-control. All of Galatians, where Paul talks about the breaking of the chains, the freedom we have in Christ, that we can't live up to the law. We've never measured up to the law. Outside of Jesus, it's impossible, but Jesus came and fulfilled that law for us. He set us free from that law. All the way through there, he reminds us that if we will live full of the Holy Spirit, that we will have freedom in Him. that we will have peace in Him. We are His. And He gave us the Holy Spirit to grow those things in our lives. So I want to encourage you today, as we wrap up, to put blinders on. Not to be blind to what's happening in the world, Not to put our head in the sand and be naive, but to keep our focus on Him. To allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow, to sow those seeds of joy and peace into our lives through His Word. We have to focus on His Word every day. I hope you start your day with His Word in some form or another. To spend time with Him in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask Him to guide you every day. then we need to work as hard as we can to follow Him. Mark Batterson, I quoted him a lot with this, says, pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. You can't go wrong with that because it is a both and. 
Jesus wants us to rely on him. He wants us to trust him. And there are times when he's going to tell us to wait. There are times he's going to tell us to stop. We have to put our trust in him. But at the same time, he's given us skills. He's given us drive and passion and desires to do. And whether we're working a job that we like or a job that we don't like, we're to work as if we're working for him, just like it said in Colossians. And when we do that and we put our focus on the right things, God's blessings will come. Think about the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. When he, uh, he gets sold into slavery, he ends up in prison. Each place that he went, he worked as if he's working to God and he rose up in blessing everywhere he went. He didn't want to be a prisoner. He didn't want to be a slave. And yet God kept elevating him because he kept his focus where it needed to be. And he worked hard. Whether you're in a job you love or a job that you're not really excited about, God's blessing can be upon you. When we live by the Spirit, God will pour out his blessings on us at the right time. If you're in a job that maybe you don't like, maybe that is God giving you an opportunity to work really hard where you're at and he'll open up doors for you in other places. But we've got to be content where we are. We've got to put those blinders on and look straight forward at Jesus. That's what I want to encourage you with today. And He will give us freedom. He will give us peace. He will give us joy. That's what we want to reap. That's what I want to reap. I want to have joy, peace, freedom, love, contentment, all of that stuff. I don't want to reap that decay and death that comes from pride and selfishness and discontent. So I want to pray over you today. If you don't have that freedom and that joy, today is the day to just ask Jesus to give it to you. To ask Him to help you, to fill you with His Spirit today, to free you from the, the, the chains of sin and death and the law, and to give you freedom through Jesus that comes only through faith in Him. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are so grateful for your presence and your power in our lives. And Lord, we ask right now that you would fill our hearts with joy and peace. Lord, that you would break those chains and that you would give us freedom. Lord, if there are those that are listening today that do not have a relationship with you, I pray that they would lay down pride and lay down fear and that they would find faith in you today. Lord, your word says you're faithful to forgive us when we come to you. And Lord, I pray that you would just sow seeds of joy and peace in our lives. Fill us with your Holy Spirit today. Lord, go before us. Be with each one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Have an amazing 4th of July. Stay safe. We'll see you next week.